Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? 164. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Hymn 164. like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see where to click for the Wednesday evening text. The theme for tonight is Heaven on Earth. The readings will now be given by Gary from Plainfield. I will read from the Bible. Psalms. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Deuteronomy. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God. 
The earth also, with all that therein is. Luke. After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Matthew. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. Revelation And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, 
And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works, all by Mary Baker Eddy. Our Father, which art in heaven, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. There is but one way to heaven, harmony, and Christ in divine science shows us this way. It is to know no other reality, to have no other consciousness of life than good, God and his reflection and to rise superior to the so-called pain and pleasure of the senses. Jesus came announcing truth and saying not only the kingdom of God is at hand, but the kingdom of God is within you. Heaven is spiritual. Heaven is the reign of divine science. Material thought tends to obscure spiritual understanding, to darken the true conception of man's divine principle, love, wherein and whereby soul is emancipate and environed with everlasting life. Our great teacher hath said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Within man's spiritual understanding of all the divine modes, means, forms, expression, and manifestation of goodness and happiness. Who lives in good lives also in God lives in all life, through all space. His is an individual kingdom, his diadem a crown of crowns. His existence is deathless, forever unfolding its eternal principle. Wait patiently on illimitable love the Lord and giver of life. Reflect this life, and with it cometh the full power of being. 
They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Pure humanity, friendship, home, the interchange of love, bring to earth a foretaste of heaven. They unite terrestrial and celestial joys and crown them with blessings infinite. The Christian scientist loves man more because he loves God most. He understands this principle, love. Who is sufficient for these things? Who remembers that patience, forgiveness, Abiding faith and affection are the symptoms by which our Father indicates the different stages of man's recovery from sin and his entrance into science. Who knows how the feeble lips are made eloquent, how hearts are inspired, how healing becomes spontaneous, and how the divine mind is understood and demonstrated. He alone knows these wonders, who is departing from the thraldom of the senses and accepting spiritual truth, that which blesses its adoption by the refinement of joy and the dismissal of sorrow. The scientific sense of being which establishes harmony enters into no compromise with finiteness and feebleness. It undermines the foundations of mortality, of physical law, breaks their chains and sets the captive free, opening the doors for them that are bound In love for man, we gain a true sense of love as God, and in no other way can we reach this spiritual sense and rise and still rise to things most essential and divine. What hinders man's progress is his vain conceit, the Phariseeism of the times, Also, his effort to steal from others and avoid hard work. Errors which can never find a place in science. When mortal man blends his thoughts of existence with the spiritual and works only as God works, he will no longer grope in the dark and cling to earth because he has not tasted heaven. The revelator tells us of a new heaven and a new earth. Have you ever pictured this heaven and earth inhabited by beings under the control of supreme wisdom? Let us rid ourselves of the belief that man is separated from God and obey only the divine principle 
life, and love. Here is the great point of departure for all true spiritual growth. Accompanying this scientific consciousness was another revelation. Even the declaration from heaven, supreme harmony, that God, the divine principle of harmony, is ever with men, and they are his people. Thus, man was no longer regarded as a miserable sinner, but as the blessed child of God. This is scriptural authority for concluding that such a recognition of being is, and has been, possible to men in this present state of existence. That we can become conscious, here and now, of a cessation of death, sorrow, and pain. This is indeed a foretaste of absolute Christian science. Take heart, dear sufferer, for this reality of being will surely appear sometime and in some way. There will be no more pain, and all tears will be wiped away. When you read this, remember Jesus' words, The kingdom of God is within you. This spiritual consciousness is therefore a present possibility. Pilgrim on earth, thy home is heaven. Stranger, thou art the guest of God. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread Will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 278. Pilgrim on earth, home and heaven are within thee. 
heir of the ages and child of the day, cared for, watched over, beloved and protected. Walk thou with courage each step of the way. Hymn number 278. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. 
and we warmly welcome everyone from everywhere to all of our services in person, on the telephone, or over the internet. Every Sunday morning, we have our weekly church service at 11 a.m. But an hour before the service at 10 a.m., we have our weekly roundtable discussion. This is where we discuss the week's lesson and other current topics and learn more about how to apply our understanding of Christian science. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning for a lively roundtable discussion at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11 o'clock. And we have a Sunday school every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock also. Our Sunday school is also open to children from anywhere. Many of the students live out of state and they attend by calling in on the telephone through a special dedicated teleconference number. So if you have children who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get that phone number and our teachers will be very happy to welcome them. We have a website, plainfieldcs.com, where you'll find the very finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to. There are other wonderful writings by Mary Baker Eddy that you might not be aware of, and writings by students who lived in her home and were taught directly by her. There is quite a variety of helpful literature on our website, and you will always find something there that will lift your spirit and meet your need, whatever that need might be. And all the resources we have on the website are free. There is never a charge. You don't have to join anything or anything like that. Our goal is to spread Mrs. Eddy's teachings around the world. And to aid in that goal, we also have 17 additional websites in a variety of languages so that people can hear and read the healing truths of pure Christian science in their own language. So feel free to look through our websites. As I said, they're all free. And we have a well-equipped nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the little ones along too. <clears throat> I will now read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, 
We would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your telephone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you, one at a time, by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Elizabeth from New Hampshire. Go ahead, please. Good evening. Uh, thank you for those beautiful readings. What wonderful promises God has fulfilled for mankind. One of the first really poignant things that I learned from Plainfield was that to be proud of my children and grandchildren was an incorrect way of thinking. They are, after all, not mine, but God's alone. This has lifted a false sense of motherhood from me and freed me from the usual fear and worry that goes with it. In this way of thinking, there is no false sense of responsibility, but only a response to God's ability. This has led me also to impersonalize my family and see them as the expression of God's qualities and not as material, mortal beings. It has allowed me to open my heart to others and see that we are all one universal family with no exclusivity to just the wonderful folks that we share regular family ties with. This didn't all happen overnight, but step by step, as I allowed first the concept of being proud of someone to change, all of these other things expanded from that. And it's not easy. Self-abnegation, allowing for no personal selfhood, is unceasing prayer. It is recognizing all throughout the day who we are and what that includes and does not include. It is letting go of certain habits, traits, and incorrect ways of thinking that we've always come to think of as a part of us. This is Eddie says, and I quote, Gladness to leave the false landmarks and joy to see them disappear, end quote. I am so grateful for this spiritual growth and a lifetime of learning Christian science and so very thankful for all that I've learned from the Plainfield Church. Good night. Thank you. Donna from Oregon, go ahead, please. Hi, everyone. Years ago, when my aunt was very small and was learning to talk, her mom was trying to get her to say Uncle Dan. Her mom would say, go ahead and say it. Say Uncle Dan. And she'd say, I can't. Then her mom said, yes, you can. Say Uncle Dan. And again, she said, I can't say it. Just then, my aunt's dad walked into the room and said, what can't you say? And my aunt said, I can't say Uncle Dan. That must be. That must be how it is with my practitioner sometimes. When I say I don't seem to be able to get rid of something that keeps to hang that keeps hanging on, she tells me I have the same mind that Jesus had, so I can get rid of it. If I get rid of the negative thought that I can't, 
just like my aunt. My practitioner is very wise and very patient with me, and I appreciate her appreciate her very much. Thank you. Thank you. Mara from Mississippi. Go ahead, please. I'm so happy to be here tonight. I'm so grateful that God directed me to the Plainfield Christian Science Church. Although I was living in New Jersey very close to Plainfield for many years, I did not discover Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church until I moved to Mississippi. I moved to Mississippi at a very traumatic time in my life. My sister in New Jersey was diagnosed with a terminal illness and very sick in the hospital on a ventilator. As I was packing our belongings in Mississippi, I came across not one science and health, but two. It was very surprising because I was not reading science and health, and I really forgot I even owned one at the time. I took this as a sign from God and looked up Christian science on YouTube, and that's when I first found Plainfield. I found the article called Body Attributed to Mary Baker Eddy read by Gary. This helped me so much to pray for my sister, who is presently doing extremely well and living her life. We moved on a small lake in Mississippi with very few neighbors. The first year was extremely peaceful. It was always very easy to see and feel heaven on earth while being outside or walking around the lake. About six months ago, things drastically changed. There was a new man living in the house across the lake from us. He did many things to make my family uncomfortable and ruined the once tranquil lake environment. The most disturbing thing he did was shoot and kill the turtles in the lake. One time my husband yelled at him to stop, which seemed to escalate the situation. At one point he was shooting and killing turtles in a boat right in front of our house. I spoke with my practitioner about it. And she agreed that it was something very wrong and should not be happening. My husband called the sheriff, who also agreed that it is um, dangerous and unlawful. And he could only arrest him if he um, caught him doing the action. Um, And we could call him if it happened, but we knew that the police station is a far distance from our house. And by the time the sheriff would get to our house, our neighbor would most likely be done shooting. I continued to pray and ask God for guidance. Our neighbor persisted with shooting and other disturbing behaviors. The situation did not seem to be getting any better. I remember the two most important things that Jesus asked us to do, which is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. This neighbor's behaviors made made it hard to love him. My practitioner also told me that I needed to protect my home and know that God and his angels were here protecting me and my family. I also remembered a very helpful testimony from Izzy in England. She explained how she walked her dogs around her neighborhood at night and thought about the people and the houses she passed by, how they were God's spiritual and perfect ideas. I began to do that with my neighborhood. One day while walking, we met our neighbor who lives across from our dirt road we live on. We talked to them about what was happening and they agreed it was wrong. They wanted to help. Two weeks later, last night actually, a woman came to our door. She was the owner of the house across the lake from us. She said she was sorry for what was going on. And at her house, she was unaware that the man she allowed to rent a room 
at her house was doing all these unlawful and unneighborly things around the lake. She continued to apologize several times and explain that she told him to leave and he is almost completely moved out. She gave me her cell number if I needed anything in the future. The biggest lesson that I learned from this is we really need to be patient and trust in God. Sometimes physical problems or situational problems seem hopeless when there is no seeming progress. But the truth is there is progress, even if we don't see it right away. Um, I'm so happy for all that I'm learning. I'm so grateful to my practitioner. I'm thankful to Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy and Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church for helping so many people around the world by sharing all this amazing information about Christian science. Also, thank you to Gary for the readings tonight. Thank you. <clears throat> Shardy. <laughs> Hello. I would like to continue my gratitude from last week this evening for my practitioner's support and prayers as I pray for my family members. She recommended working with the article God is Individual Consciousness by Bicknell Young, which I have been doing. It is suggested in this article that you do not focus on a person who needs help, but rather turn to God who is their consciousness and realize that. Quote, this principle that God is the cause, the law, and effect of all there is. Let the individual alone in truth turn away from the appearance and realize God as oneness, end quote. So, when a family member was facing surgery, I prayed using many of the ideas from this article as well as other prayers and hymns. One favorite is 207, Mother's Evening Prayer by Mary Baker Eddy. Quote, O oh, gentle presence, peace and joy and power. O oh, life divine that owns each waiting hour. End quote. These powerful prayers are not confined to just family, family, sorry, but shared with everyone, including our nation and world. Praying aright brings great peace and calm. My family member is home now, progressing very well. Thank you. Thank you. Bruce. So we have a passage in this week's lesson from Science and Health that goes like this. Soul has infinite resources with which to bless mankind, and happiness would be more readily attained and we'd be more secure in our keeping if sought in soul. And uh, it's a beautiful statement because many has been the time when I wished I had happiness to be more readily attained. <laughs> I can remember one time some years ago, I was in the backyard because I felt I needed to do some work to clean it up because it was definitely needed to be cleaned up. But I kind of went at the job thinking like, oh, I just got to do this. So I wasn't too happy about it. And I started to work, I became less happy all along. And then uh, 
I didn't think of this particular statement from Simonson Health at the time, but I did remember another thing that we were taught here in the Plainfield Church, and that was, if you don't love what you're doing, don't bother. So I stood back at this job and said, well, it definitely needs to be done. And also, there's no reason on earth why I can't love doing it. So that's, I continued with that frame of mind, and I'm very grateful for God because I felt happy then. I felt happy doing the work. I looked around and I saw how beautiful the backyard was and just thought about how much more beautiful it was going to be when this job was done. So that carried me through. So grateful for God for that experience and all the lessons I'm learning here in the Plainfield Church. Thank you. Sandy from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Good evening. It's Sandy from North Carolina. Wonderful reading. Um, and yes, um, my experience in finding uh, the teachings of Mary Baker Eddy, as I said before, it happened long time ago at the age of 13 in Panama Canal. It was given to me from some military personnel. I didn't understand the, the book at the time, but I always kept it. So soon I came to the United States of America. I find a group of Christian scientists in Charlotte. Wonderful. But my demonstration came with Independence, New Jersey. I for 30 years in the United States, trying to get my immigration situation, I was feeling like a prisoner. Find lawyers and lawyers and never come on my freedom. It's a fine, independent Christian scientist and you too, like the previous testifier. We have to learn patience. I am not a perfect person, but I remember the wonderful one testimony, I don't know, two years ago, I don't remember. I think it was Bruce, who was very honest. I don't remember what it was, but I did remember they say with the children, the, with the spirit of God is, is liberty. And I really been, I've had so many healings, like I said before, and still we have to keep working, praying, and no purpose. But this year, a couple months ago, I became American citizen. Been a long journey. Independent, I had never stopped being marble. It's trying to get humility. But I listen to the testimony to independence. The wonderful practitioners you have there, Miss Mary Beth and Miss Florence. You know, glory be to God. But I'm a citizen of the world. Miss Mary Beth Kennedy says, this is the planet of God, the government of God. That the previous testify, I was missing and looking 
are the people and children of God. And also working with the teachings of Neil Young. It's just something that every day I try to be humble for the blessing for independent New Jersey, the honesty. What a wonderful thing. I became American citizen. And I was over there as I was doing my my certification with my exam. I remember when Mary Baker and he said the same mind they did the exam and had the answers. I give them all hundreds. The, the the person was at mine, he said, I need to make it harder for you. And I said, nothing is hard for the children of God. We are one. And I remember in the page of Independence, New Jersey, New, New Young, of the oneness with God. My life is much better. A lot of work to do. I pray every day for patience and tolerance and understanding the will of children of God and dealing with error. So grateful for those practitioners. You guys have healed me. You guys no idea. One day, soon enough, this summer, I will write my healing of cancer. Soon I find independence. I just continue. And humility, and marvel me. Thank you, Independence, New Jersey, for all the good work you do for this planet and for many people around the world. Good night. Thank you. Jeremy, go ahead, please. I am very grateful for learning here in Plainfield about all that Mary Baker Eddy did to bring Christian science to the world. When I first arrived here, I didn't know anything real about Christian science or Mary Baker Eddy. But over the years that I have been here and been being taught this science and taught to prove this science to myself with my practitioner's support, it's become clear to me that I owe Mrs. Eddy a great deal of gratitude. I'm grateful also for the way that her life is taught here, and it's helped give me a sense not to deify her nor belittle her rightful place in bringing this wonderful science to mankind. And since I have no doubt that coming to this church saved my life, I cannot help but be incredibly thankful to Mary Baker Eddy, Christian Science, this church, and practitioner support. What a wonderful blessing it is to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. Tonight I wanted to thank our wonderful Christian Science practitioners at this church for teaching the way to apply pure Christian science in our daily lives. I have often thought of that quote by Mary Baker Eddy. Who would stand before a blackboard and pray the principle of mathematics to solve the problem? The rule is already established, and it is our task to work out the solution. End quote. So I'm very grateful that we are taught here the practical way to work out the solution 
of God's allness and apply it in our daily lives. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a local market. I'd been listening to the weekly Bible lesson in my earbuds and my paid work was all done for the day, so I was in a pretty good mood. I came into the market thinking of what we are taught here, to radiate God's love rather than absorb the mortal downward tendencies. As I passed someone by, I kindly said, Thanks, mate. Well, this person did not like that and was very aggressive. How dare I call him mate? I felt all the self-justification arc up within me and it took a mighty wrestle to remember to radiate and not absorb. I could see very quickly that I had a choice. I could either yell back or I could choose to stay in the kingdom. So as I moved peacefully on, I heard him say very sweetly and very humbly, thank you. So that was quite sweet to see that change in that one. But... Next day, a pernicious little thought presented itself to me. I kept returning to this 10-second interchange in my thought. Mortal mind really wanted to come out and pick it apart and be dramatic and amplify how wrong this person was, how wrong all people were, and I am the hero, I am the right one. I remembered a testimony here a few weeks ago by Michelle, where she was talking about learning how to turn away from the angry face. And I realized I had more work to do on this to truly turn away from the angry face in my thought. This tiny interaction and the tiny amount of progress I had made in not arguing back in the moment, it couldn't just be allowed to regress into human will arcing up in my own thought. Unacceptable. So I remembered a great recording on the website, Taking Offence, written by Mary Baker Eddy. And we do know that Mrs Eddy really mastered the commandment of loving one's enemies and not taking offence when you look at all that she lived through to bring Christian science to her fellow man. So I listened a few times to that beautiful recording of Taking Offence and could see that it was just my human ego that was bruised, that as Mrs Eddy wrote, quote, It is our pride that makes another's criticism rankle, our self-will that makes another's deed offensive, our egotism that feels hurt by another's self-assertion. Well may we feel wounded by our own faults, but we can hardly afford to be miserable for the faults of others. End quote. And of course, Mrs. Eddy expands on that so beautifully. And so by the end of listening to that wonderful recording, I really was able to get on top of that niggling thought and it could not present to me the wrong idea anymore. Thank you to our dear Plainfield practitioner for her holy prayer and support. I am so grateful that I am growing and learning how to better work out the solution of God's allness with the mathematical certainty that Christian science has established. Thank you all so much and so much love to you all. And now we have a testimony from Patricia in Canada. I serve as an independent linking in periodically with a prison outreach committee of two at my former branch church. I progressed from writing only to phone calls and occasional visits when the prisoner was moved closer to me. He'd already served his jail sentence of seven years and was moved to a halfway house for an additional ten years 
they are there allowed strict time outings of only a few hours. The prisoner had signed out, advising them that he was going to attend the local branch church's Thanksgiving service last fall. However, after he attended the Thanksgiving service, his parole officer said that he had no right to do that, although nothing whatsoever had been mentioned to him about that when he signed out. Without any charges yet laid against him, he was thrown back into jail into solitary confinement for 15 days. This is, I understand, to be illegal as there needs to first be a charge laid and a judge then decides if there is to be a sentence, although an accused could be held in custody until the case came up in court. Not knowing his charge made it stressful as he didn't know what was going to happen. Only at the end, a policeman told him that he was in solitary for failing to keep a prohibition order. In an atmosphere with other men in solitary confinement, crying and crying out, it was hard for him to be prayerful. On the second day, another prisoner tried to commit suicide, and he just managed to somehow get word out to a sponsor to help him. Our little committee was praying too. He told me that he prayed with Psalm 116. The sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. I am thy servant. Thou hast loosed my bonds and from Romans 8. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He told us that the assigned lawyers rarely do any work for prisoners. They show up at court unprepared and advise them to plead guilty. But he felt that as a result of prayer, a lady showed up and recommended a good lawyer who was doing a great deal of work for him. Thank God for Christ's truth, our advocate. First John 2, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. Thank you, dear Plainfield, for your outreach. Good evening. Thank you. Lenny from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Um, thank you, Gary, so much for the readings on heaven tonight. Uh, they were really powerful. Um, I was thinking uh, as, as you were reading about old theology and how we, we've, you know, uh, it's come up a lot in the round table, you know, about not letting old theology creep into our thought because it, Really, the only thing it does is try to separate us from God or make us feel unworthy or like miserable sinners. And of course, that's an attitude that certainly doesn't invite or um, it's not the fertile ground for healing. Um, an experience I had kind of really uh, brings this home to me. It was not long before um, I met my husband. 
which is a story for another day and a, and a demonstration in and of itself. But just prior to that, I had been diagnosed by two different OBGYNs as having some sort of a precancerous cell that they didn't feel looked good. And they had recommended a procedure to go in and, and to remove them. And I've been, this has been really weighing on my thought quite a bit. And I felt quite discouraged about it because right after I'd met him is when I'd got the kind of gotten the information back from the second doctor confirming it. And I was really blaming myself um, and in really a state of self-condemnation for not having been, you know, a better Christian scientist, or I hadn't gone to church that much in Chicago where I was living at the time, or, you know, I, I had this laundry list of all these things that were making me unworthy. And I thought to myself, well, how can I even ask God or pray to God for healing when, you know, here I haven't been I haven't been being very perfect. So as I struggled with these thoughts and, and really uh, was praying on it, it finally hit me that I, you know, I, I started looking back at it and it, it became clear to me that, okay, first of all, when I had met my husband, which I said was a, a really wonderful demonstration, it had come also at a time when I'd had this tremendous um kind of a bit of a spiritual waking and a change of thought. And it had brought that first demonstration of meeting him into my experience. And as I was struggling with whether or not to go through with this procedure, the thought came to me, it was like, well, God, you know, you did have, you're, you have changed. You are not the same person. Why are you holding yourself to these, to this old person that you're no longer, uh, no longer that person anymore? And if God has already, you know, brought this wonderful person into your life, and there's been such a remarkable demonstration of of change, then do you not think that God's going to take you all the way? And the more I was praying with that idea, the more it just sounded ludicrous to, uh, you know, to be sitting there condemning myself. And I was also reminded that Mrs. Eddy says, you know, the belief in sin is punished only so long as the belief lasts. So this, all these things and behaviors I was condemning myself for weren't a part of me, and I had to let that go. And as I was praying this way, the thought came to me very strongly. It's like, no, you don't need to go through with that procedure. And so I didn't. And I asked the doctor, I said, well, can you test me one more time? And he did. And long story short, everything came out perfectly normal. And um, as years have passed, when I had my children and things later, I was tested a number of different times. Every single time it's been normal. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for that experience because it, it showed me that you can't, you know, you, self-condemnation takes you nowhere. And that, you know, it's just, that's just, that is that old theology creeping into thought and it doesn't bless and it has to be left behind. So I'm just, I'm very grateful for that experience and I'm so grateful for the things that we learn in church and the round table and the teaching the practitioners and the fact that we often do talk about old theology and making sure that that doesn't come into poison thought. So thank you again, Gary, for the readings tonight. And thank you everyone for your testimonies. Thank you. Sharon. Last night I was abnormally tired. I had been praying, but it wasn't successful. So I was so glad it was Tuesday and we had our unity watch. 
I called in, and after the reading of the watch for the service tonight, it ended with, we will all leave refreshed and strengthened. Well, after the half-hour watch, I realized that the United Prayer healed me. I felt fabulous. And it was a complete healing because today I was as energetic as usual. I am very grateful for the Unity Watches that we have on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. They are uplifting and healing us and the whole world. Thank God for Christian Science, Mary Baker Eddy, this independent church, and the readings tonight, Heaven and Earth. Thank you. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. Um, I have a few things to read tonight. The first, Pennsylvania. Uh, thanks so much for the Tuesday Unity Watch message. We had a wild squirrel in our apartment, an unpredictable and unnerving challenge ending us up in a hotel. The Unity Watch message especially, the quote, like as a mother, God comforteth his children, was such a help. Thank you, God, and thank you, Plainfield. And then uh, California. I'm grateful this morning for the second article on body by Martha Wilcox. Years of fighting thoughts to replace them with Christian science. Now such relief as I strive to let God be my thought and let my spirit body be what it is. Harmony is the only law. Now is the only time. Love is the only cause. Thank you. And then this from Washington State. Dear Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, thank you for all you do. So grateful for the Bible study of Revelation and also the roundtable lessons. My eyes have been opened to the true Christian science that Mary Baker Eddy brought to all the world. So grateful and blessed, lovingly. And this one from Montana. Dear Plainfield, I would like to say thank you so much for all the efforts made to turn the world to Christian science. Our Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I had received a complete and total healing of a foot disease that has lasted over seven years. Mrs. Singletary and Mrs. Roberts' testimonies are nuggets of truth. The, tr the YouTube studies are a godsend. Many thanks to the readers. I treasure all your voices. They bring comfort in the wee hours of the morning when all is quiet. May God bless each person. Thank you. And then this is a testimony from Australia. I am so grateful, grateful to have found the Plainfield Church before the ramped up propaganda of the nameless nothing started three years ago. For a long time, I had been feeling discouraged about the censorship going on in Boston. I had been reading books from the bookmark for many years, and I was told multiple times they were not authorized literature and should stop reading them. That didn't seem right to me, as the authors of the books were amazing Christian scientists, many of whom were taught directly by Mrs. Eddy. So I began to question why the censorship was happening. When I found Plainfield, I knew I'd, I had found my Christian science family, a church willing to stand up for principle. It's wonderful to listen to the roundtables where those on the call have addressed the animal magnetism 
and lies about communism, pharma, and other important topics. I am very grateful for a demonstration our family had last year. In Australia, like in other countries, they brought in jab mandates in many industries. Our family had made a personal decision not to take the injections, and we knew this would impact my husband's job, but we also knew God is our source of supply. My husband works in IT sales. His previous co company sent out a survey asking all employees if they were willing to work in the office with those who had not taken the, the vaccine. Apparently, the responses showed many said that they did not want to work closely in the office with unvaccinated people. Thus, my husband knew that he would not be able to stay in, in his role. He started to look for other employments with big IT corporates, as that was where he had the most experience. And a majority of the website said that the jab was a requirement. I asked my Plainfield practitioner for prayerful support, and she was steadfast in her trust that God would find a way. Within a half an hour of her email, a recruitment agent called my husband about an opportunity with a smaller IT company, one which he had never heard of before. After a series of interviews, he was offered the job. What was interesting was they didn't ask about being vaccinated during the interview process, so we thought it wasn't an issue. However, in the first day, he was asked to upload his vaccine certificate. Again, I emailed my practitioner to let her know, and she assured me that God had brought him the job and he would not let us down. His manager agreed he could work completely from home and has become a very valued member of the team. He has been able to do his job with great success using modern technology, such as video conferencing. Things are opening up, and in recent months, he has been able to see his customers again. He has enjoyed his current employment much more than the last one. I am so grateful to my wonderful practitioner, to all the Plainfield Church, our Sunday school teachers, our leader, Mrs. Eddy, and our Master Christ Jesus, and God who is omnipotent. Thank you all. So thank you all, too, tonight for those beautiful readings, Heaven on Earth, which is something I like to think about often, as I, as I say, because Mrs. Eddie in the Lord's Prayer, her translation, enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. And really, that is what heaven is. Heaven is knowing that God is supreme. And as we are knowing this during our day, knowing there's nothing to fear because God is the only and the one power there is, we do experience heaven on earth, as we've heard in so many of your testimonies tonight. It's always wonderful to be with everyone. We have visitors tonight, two of our Sunday school students, or I guess four of our Sunday school students. I think they all came, but two of them came for a long time. <laughs> so anyway, and their mama and their grandmother, and I'm so glad they're visiting from Canada. And it's so great to see their shining, happy faces. So we're so happy to be with you all tonight, and everyone have a good night. Thank you. To close our meeting, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 327. The God who made both heaven and earth and all that they contain will never quit his steadfast truth 
nor make his promise vain. In number 327.